Hey there, I'm Edwina Kennedy, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of two, and this is the My Little Eater podcast. Each week, I'll be dishing out all the best info on feeding and nutrition for your baby and toddler, answering all of your what do I do when scenarios, and helping you gain complete confidence in not only feeding your child, but in parenting as well. Every episode is filled with actionable and proven feeding strategies delivered by a mama and a feeding expert who's been there and done that. I hold your hand and take you step by step through all stages of feeding while showing you how to implement what I teach you so that you can raise a happy and healthy little eater of your own. Let's do this. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the My Little Eater podcast. Today I have a special guest, Allison Jandu, who is a professional consultant who assists families with one of childhood's most important yet daunting milestones, which is potty training. She is a mom herself and she has written internationally accredited education training for child care professionals and three, she has three highly praised potty training guides, um, the poop puzzle, the wee hours and potty training for busy parents, which is super cool. I'm so happy to have you here, you here Allison. Thanks for having me, Edwina. It's great to be here. Awesome. I'm, um, I'm excited to be able to ask you some of the common questions that I know many of my listeners ask on a daily basis <laughs> based on like the questions that come up in uh, my clients like support group and, you know, as they're entering like babyhood, toddlerhood and like, you know, all the years beyond that. Right. potty training and questions around that always come up. And I know I had a ton of questions going through that phase myself. And when I hear them come up now, I'm still like, guys, I don't really know. Like <laughs> I am not the expert. So we've got to bring somebody on who knows. So if you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got started as a potty training consultant, that would be awesome. Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, I think it's one of those things that a lot of people wouldn't choose to be a professional at because I think a lot of parents, um, you know, they're not super excited by the idea of potty training and that's a little understandable. Um, but for whatever reason, I happen to really like it. And it's, um, it's one of those things that, like you said, a lot of questions come up and parents really do, you know, need some help and some guidance when it comes to this, when it comes to this milestone. So when I was potty training my son, who is now six, um, so gosh, about four years ago, maybe more now, you know, I, I went through the same issues. I was really trying to research it and find out, you know, okay, what am I supposed to do? Like, you know, is this method going to work? Should I try this instead? Like, I don't know what's going to mesh with our family and with his personality. And that was when I was like, you know, there really should be something for this. Like there really should be some more support and like reliable resource out there besides just, um, you know, looking at random blogs on the internet. And so that was kind of when I, I started having the idea of, of doing it, you know, as a profession to really help moms and help families. And, you know, then when my daughter was born, you know, of course, you know, having a business and having two babies under two, like it was really, or under three, it was really challenging to you know, put the time and dedication into actually having it. So I was just helping friends and family with their potty training experiences. And that was when I was like, I really, really like this. So that was, um, you know, I prompted me to start researching everything that I could about potty training. And I've spent, you know, I, I tried to tally it up. It was like over 5,000 hours now on just researching potty training and different methods and how it 
how, you know, behavior and personality and psychology all plays a role in it. And so that's kind of how I got started as, as a consultant. And now I'm, you know, blessed to say that I've worked with close to 2000 families and helping them and giving them guidance and getting them that potty success that, um, that everybody wants. So <laughs> Oh my God. Thank goodness for you and for all the work you've done for us. Thank I, you. <laughs> I want to speak about before parents these days, I find especially like in, I don't know, maybe the last 10 years with social media having become such a big thing and all these like experts on social media and things like that, how many different topics parents are expected to know inside and out and research and like, you know, from sleep to like feeding to, to potty training to like lactation and all these different things. It's insane. So anyway, um, thank God for experts like you and me who get to, you know, (laughs) you know, do all the hard, heavy work for parents and then hopefully make it a lot easier for them to, to go through the stage feeling confident. Exactly. I would love to know what your potty training philosophy is. I, I mean, I'll let you kind of get right into it, but I will just say that personally when I was potty training my boys who are now like 10 and 11. So this was a while ago. And also again, it was not at the time when, again, we had all these people on Instagram or Instagram was really a thing even. So I had no idea what I was doing. I kind of like, I remember doing a quick Google search, like best way to potty train or something like that. And then I didn't even have time to like click on the full website. Like, you know, when you Google something and you can see yeah. the little description <laughs> show up on the homepage. Yeah. I remember reading like the first two lines of like a few different um, articles or whatever they were. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, cool. Let's just, let's just figure this out. And right. it was stressful with my first one. I remember crying about like four hours into it. And I I called my mom and I was like, this is crazy. Like, how long is this going to take? I can't do this. Because I literally stripped him down. Uh, God knows if this was right or wrong or, you know, horrible. I don't know. But I stripped him down. I improved all my furniture, covered it all up. And thank God we had laminate. And I like closed the door and I was like, all right, we're in potty training mode. (laughs) Putting you on the toilet every little bit. And you know, we're going to celebrate when you do. And that's, I don't know. It like, it was hard. It was really, really hard. My second one was a lot easier, but like I said, I'm not the expert. So I'd love to hear your potty training philosophy, what age they can start and, and all that good stuff. Okay, sure. Yeah. So first of all, there's no right or wrong, really. <laughs> so don't feel bad about, you know, what you did. Like, I don't necessarily believe in in like a one size fits all kind of method for potty training. I really feel like it needs to be really customized to, you know, the child's personality because every child learns differently. And your lifestyle and, you know, your routine and things like that come into play also because um, another one of my philosophies is that you shouldn't have to rearrange your life to accommodate potty training. It should fit into your existing life because, you know, even beyond this initial phase of hardcore learning where you're transitioning from diapers to no diapers, you know, it needs to fit into your routine after that. They need to be potty trained when you're out of the house. You know, they need to be potty trained once you put clothes back on them. And so it's it's one of those things where it takes kind of a lot of preparation in advance. And I think that if you take the time to prepare yourself as your child's teacher, as your child's coach during the process, it really goes a long way. Because if you're at a, um, 
you're in a good mental state before you get started and you feel confident about what you're going to do and you know how you know you might have some backup plans if things aren't going as you expect them to so you can kind of change things up on the fly uh, it can really make a big difference and and hopefully prevent some tears <laughs> in your case of um, like knowing is this normal or should he be paying this much and you know God, I can't clean up another mess, but knowing, you know, kind of what to expect before you just say, okay, I've got some free time this weekend, we're going to potty train. You know, preparing your child is also very important because I find that uh, a lot of kids, especially once they hit uh, that two and a half, three year mark, they start to get really kind of ingrained in their routine. And they like knowing what to expect from day to day. They like having that predictability. So when you one day decide, okay, we're going to potty train and you're not going to have diapers anymore instead of, you know, what you've been used to your whole life, you're going to put your pee and poop in this potty now. And a lot of kids can be like, whoa, what's going on? Like, this is, this isn't cool. I was fine with my diapers. Why are you making me change now? And that can cause a lot of resistance. It can cause some power struggle situations, which we always want to avoid in parenting because it's never fun. So if you take some time to prepare your child, kind of, I call it plant the seed before you, um, before you actually eliminate diapers, you can get them on board with the process and make it seem like a positive change and make them feel excited about the coming change instead of anxious or, you know, kind of dreading the process. So Preparation is really important in my strategies, and I find that that makes a really big difference, especially for those kiddos that tend to be um, stubborn or resistant to change. And um, the best age that you can start, everybody always wants to know, like, what's the best age to potty train? And so my answer is with a lot of things is that it varies, you know, because kids are, they develop in, in at different levels at different ages and things like that. But from my experience, I've kind of honed it into being somewhere in the range of about 22 to 28 months being the, the really good age because you'll find that your child is probably pretty eager to please you at that point. You know, they're looking for your praise and your, you know, good reactions to things that they're doing. They probably want to mimic the things that you're doing as an adult. Maybe they want to wash dishes when they see you wash dishes or fold laundry when you want to fold laundry or sit on the potty when you want to sit on the potty. So, so that's a really good time to initiate. And they probably also have a pretty good understanding to follow a basic direction. So like if you say, put your blocks in this basket, they're able to understand that and follow through with the task. So those are some kind of developmental milestones that you can look for um, as a good time to start potty training. If you get past that point, it can get a little more hairy. I'm not saying, you know, it's, it's right or wrong because, you, you, you know, as a family, you have to think about what's the best time for you guys to start. You don't want to be moving or going through a divorce or having a new baby right at the time you're potty training. So all of that plays a role also. But yeah, so those are some of the things that, you know, you can look for. And that's about the right age that you want to be within when you're, when you're getting started. Awesome. Okay. Well, I think I did some of that right anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. You know, I'm they're, like, they're using the potty now, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it was funny with my second, he, he was potty trained like a day and a half. Yeah. My other one took a few weeks, but I'd love to know what's like a typical, I guess, timeline or length of time before most kids kind of get the hang of it, you know, maybe not perfectly, but for the most part. Yes. Yeah, so somewhere in the realm, I find a good average time is about two weeks. And that would be 
kind of all encompassing. So if you were starting um, nighttime potty training at the same time that you're doing daytime potty training, that would include all of that. And they should be at a pretty pretty good point, maybe not 100%, but with, with their self-initiation as far as um, telling you when they need to go to the bathroom. There may still be some prompting from you here and there when you notice their signals and cues, but usually within that two-week mark is when you're like, okay, they've got this, and, um, and you can kind of ease up on your, on your stress levels and your, you know, being on them all the time. Okay. That's good to know. Like you said, just kind of knowing your expectations going into it um, and having that plan and knowing, okay, it will take this long. Here's how I'm going to do it. Here's what to expect. It's not, not to say that it's going to go off perfectly, but it's definitely going to make things a lot less stressful for you. Um, And so, yeah, I I totally see that. So I want to ask you, um, because this is number one question I get, at least when it comes to, um, I guess, you know, when people are talking about food and feeding and rewards, you know, the question inevitably comes up, what about, you know, rewarding my toddler or my, you know, however old they are when they're potty training, you know, as an incentive? Because I talk a lot about, um, you know, trying to avoid food-based rewards as much as possible just because we don't want to like associate food as like kind of um, an emotional thing or to satisfy someone's, you know, to please our parents or anything like that. But how do you feel about that? Like, what are your kind of philosophies around rewards in general with potty training? Do, do we even need them? Um, so I would say it depends on the age of what you get started. The younger that you start, the less likely you are to need to use a reward. Um, because at that point, like I said, they're, they're mostly just looking for your praise and acceptance at, you know, at a very young age. So you could probably get by without rewards at all. Initially, I'm not saying that... Uh, you know, a little sticker or a stamp or something here and there isn't a good way to just really reinforce that they're they're doing the right thing and um, having like a little simple sticker chart that they can put a sticker on a piece of paper every time they use the potty is a really good visual representation of their success. So you can kind of visit that back at the end of each day and be like, look at all these times you use the potty. You did so great today. And that's just a really big confidence booster. And that kind of goes a long way when it comes to you know, maintaining and advancing your progress. So I am a fan of rewards. You know, families can choose food-based or not food-based. You know, some things will work for some families that won't work for others. Um, I completely understand and, you know, get your point of view from it, you know, from associating food with with an emotional aspect. And I agree with that. Um, there are a lot of non edible um, uh, reward choices that you can use. You know, like I said, stickers are great. Even like a a stamp on their hand or a temporary tattoo, or you can do um, like a charm bracelet or little like dollar store or party favor items that are like, you know, 10, 50 cents a piece that are just kind of cheap, but a little tangible thing to just really reinforce that they're doing the right behavior And then a lot of kids have a lot of luck with, you know, an experiential kind of thing. So um, like, okay, if you have a really good day using the potty today, then I'll take you to the fire station to see the fire trucks tomorrow or something like that. You know, something that uh, it gives them a goal to work towards and, uh, you know, kind of rewards their behavior at the same time. Yeah. You know, I can, yeah, I can totally see that because I know like with older maybe, I don't know, four years and old and up, maybe even three years of age. I agree. Like the sticker chart seems to work really well. Um, like, you know, for me, I might suggest it. Okay. If, um, 
you know, you want them to like start interacting with a certain food. Maybe it's like getting in the kitchen and doing a kitchen activity. Every time we do it, we mark our progress. Like, you know, you said exactly. with a little sticker and visually it helps. Yes. It gives them a goal to work towards. And also even just that act of being like, you know, independently putting a sticker up on the chart and like, wow, look at you. Good job. It, it yeah, seems yeah. to work really well. So that makes total sense. Okay. Another question that I have gotten frequently was basically around, okay, a toddler's constant need to want to potty during mealtime. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I really don't know how to approach this because I'll tell you why. For me, uh, again, as from a feeding perspective, with toddlers specifically, I don't expect them to stay at the table for long. I don't expect them to sit for as long as an adult is eating their food or anything like that. But I like to kind of set some kind of starting goal. And so it might start at, you know, three, four minutes at the table, maybe five minutes. Ideally, 10 minutes is kind of a, a good goal to aim for as a minimum. That being said, you know, what happens if your toddler starts saying things like, I need to use the potty, I need to use the potty at mealtime? Is it reasonable to ask them, hey, you know, we're going to start mealtime soon. You have to use the potty now. If you don't, you know, that's okay, but we're not going to be able to leave the table for another 10 minutes. Like I kind of was thinking, I don't know what's even expected developmentally from a child. Like what can they do? And would they know, even if they're technically potty trained, would they know, like, I've got to use it now and I can't use it later. And then, you know, what do you think of that whole situation? <laughs> Yeah, I get that because my son was that kid. Like as soon as we sat down and he took his first bite, he was like, oh, I have to go potty every time. It would never fail. So I would say the way you handle it would depend on how far along you are in the potty training process. You know, obviously when you're very first starting in the initial couple of days, your child's not going to have the control or ability to be able to hold it for a few minutes until you're done eating to be able to get to the potty. And if they have to go really bad, then it's probably going to distract them from eating anyway at that point. So I would say oblige their, you know, their requests to use the potty if it's in the first couple of days. But like you were saying, it's really great if they've exhibited this trend of wanting to use the potty during mealtime to have a prompted potty time before you sit down to eat. And, you know, it can be an if if and then kind of scenario. So um, if you sit on the potty, then we can sit down and eat our food kind of thing. So it just becomes part of your routine at that point. And if you get that started early on, then it just becomes what you do. And it's not as much of a question. But when your child starts to get a little bit older, and they might be using this more as a manipulation, like, hey, okay, I'm not down with eating. I know mama let me get up if I say I need to use the potty. Kids are smart, you know, they pick up on these things. <laughs> so um, in those kind of cases, I usually say to, because they're not sitting, it's not like overnight where they have to go several hours without, you know, trying to use the bathroom or whatever. So I usually say to offer one potty pass that they can use. You can even have like a physical piece of paper that they give you to just really represent, uh, you, you know, this is my ticket to use the bathroom. You only get one to use during mealtime. So if you have to go, you know, use it wisely. And then when you come back, that's it. We're going to finish eating and then we'll get up from the table. So, you know, really within that 10 minute to even as they get older, 20, 25 minute range that you're sitting down to eat a meal, 
when they're further along in their progress, they should be able to hold it for that long anyway at that point. So I don't think that's really too much to ask, but that can kind of help be a compromise in between the situation a little bit. So that's usually what I suggest. Definitely. Okay. I love that idea of the potty pass. I've never heard of that before. And I think it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's being really considerate, you know, to their needs, obviously. And if they need to go, they need to go. But we know, like you said, it can get to be almost like that. Yeah. Manipulation tactic. It could become distracting. So I, I really do like that. And I know one of the things that I teach in my toddler's course is like to set up a pre-meal ritual. Mm -hmm. So kind of like what you mentioned, you know, maybe it just becomes part of your routine. Like when you're washing your hands, when you're setting the table or before you're setting your table, that kind of thing, you go to the bathroom, wash your hands, use the bathroom. And so whether they need to use it or not, you know, that's totally up to them and whether they need to use it, but it's an, it's an automatic ask that we give them so that they know that opportunity is always going to be there. And then they can hopefully get into that habit yep. and avoid the problem later on. And I think it's pretty easy to distinguish too at, you know, maybe not right in those first few weeks of pie training, but after when is it like, I'm trying to leave the table. I just don't want to eat my food because I don't like it. And when is it like I'm literally jittering, like moving around and right. not because <laughs> I need to eat Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I know for some kids that it's um it's like displacement almost. Like as soon as they get a few bites in, um, like it triggers the need to go poop or whatever. And um, yeah. so for some kids that's just the way their body works. Yeah. Um, and that works itself out over time, obviously. But but yeah, so, but that would still kind of fall into the potty pass kind of thing. And the potty pass works really great for uh, like kids that stall bedtime in order to, you know, they Thank keep you. stalling bedtime and trying to go to the body multiple times. Um, so that's another way that you can use the potty pass too. I love that. Is there a certain age again that you can start using that or can you start right from, you know, 20 what was it, 24 months old or 28 months old kind of thing? Yeah, you can probably start right right as soon as you get it. I mean, I mean, it might take a couple of times of practice for them to really understand the concept of what you're trying to do. But but yeah, you can definitely start it and keep it as part of your kind of ritual, like you were saying, as mm-hmm. you're as you're going through until they get a really good grasp on their potty routine. Love that. Okay. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. That's um, <laughs> literally like the perfect answer. I know that everyone was waiting to hear about this. So, <laughs> Great. Um, I really, really appreciate your insight. How can we learn more from you? Where can uh, my listeners go if they kind of want to find out some more about you and what are some of the um, resources that you might offer for parents who are going through the stage? Sure. Yeah. So, um, Kind of a summary of everything that I have is on my website, and that's pottytrainingconsultant.com. Uh, you can contact me on there as well. So I, I offer one-on-one consultations, and I'm building a network of certified consultants to where, you know, I can set you up with one of them if you just need like a phone or email consult, something like that. I have a blog with a lot of great articles on different potty topics and potty problems, how to handle those kinds of things. And if you're looking for just kind of general free resources, Instagram's probably the best place where you can find all those things. Check out my highlight bubbles. I try to um, store everything from my stories and things like that in there. So you can find a lot of great tips and resources there. I did just launch a 10-day potty training challenge, which is a really fun, exciting way to potty train. So it's perfect for parents who are just starting on their potty training journey. And it kind of walks you through all those steps that I talked about initially 
um, with the preparations, you know, preparing yourself, preparing your child the first few days of the potty training process. And it has my support all throughout. So, you know, if you have questions or anything like that as you're going through or if something doesn't seem to be working, you can jump on the discussion boards inside the program and, um, and get your questions answered. So you can find information about that on my website too. Ooh, I love that. That's a great idea. Maybe what I'll do is I'll include some of those resources and links in the show notes as well. So people can check that out really easily. So thank you. Once again, I loved chatting with you and I learned a lot and uh, hopefully we can have you on here again soon. Yeah, I'd love that. Thanks so much for having me. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview. We're going to be taking a little bit of a podcast hiatus. So we're going to be wrapping up season one of the podcast with this episode. And we'll be back in a few weeks for season two. But I just want to say that I am so grateful for the MLE podcast community. If you have any feedback on the podcast, please email us at info at mylittleeater.com and let us know what you're looking for for season two on this podcast, any improvements that you think should be made. And in the meantime, I want you to have as much fun as you can feeding your little ones. I actually posted the other day on Instagram about how the feeding journey can be stressful or it can be joyful depending on your mindset as a parent. And I hope you all approach feeding with a sense of curiosity, with the understanding and knowledge of what you can control and what you can't control, and the acceptance to be okay with it all. And the wisdom that when we do that, we can let our children grow into healthy eaters over the long term. Okay, everyone, have a great day, and I will see you back here in a few weeks. <laughs>